Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it just put your trust in him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. Choosing the Get Happy with Jay podcast. I'm your host, Jatan Woods, and along with me today are the usual suspects, the squad, the happy yeah. squad, Michael Hurt and Karen Wilson. Thank you guys for always participating hey. and being amazing co-hosts. <laughs> in this episode, we're going to discuss reparations. It's been a show in the making for several months, and I'm so glad to finally be able to have this discussion. I wanted to make sure to have the time to do the research on the topic so that we could have a really informed discussion. So first up, though, I have to acknowledge that this has been a historic week in our country where we have seen a president impeached for only the third time in our nation's history. And I believe by far the most deserving of the three. So quickly, don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but what are your thoughts um, as we go into this discussion, though? But first up about impeachment, what do you guys think? In a nutshell, this is what I've said uh, when this thing first came to, I guess, surface. Uh, if 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 45 is, is what I uh, refer to him as is not impeached, then no president leader of the free world going forward should ever, ever be impeached. If this is not an impeachable uh, offense, then what is? No, I, I completely agree with that. Um, my late brother lived in D.C. and we were having a conversation and he's like, you know, he said, I can't get into it too much but over the phone but he's like they're gonna get him and it's just a matter of time and i mm. truly believe brian is working from beyond to make this happen so uh just like uh with obama when my mom was alive and she told ab she said my sister she said you should go up there and, and stuff envelopes for obama i just see something in him so i believe obama was able to to do what he did uh with help from beyond and i truly truly believe that <laughs> and I have to say that I'm sure Representative Elijah Cummings, who oh, we yeah. recently lost, right. is smiling yeah. down to oh, saying yeah. that oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's it. Oh, yeah. You know, we they did it. Mm -hmm. At least one part of the government is holding this uh, person to account. Mm -hmm. So we know that nothing's going to happen in the Senate barring just some outrageous thing that comes out. And who knows? Because a lot of times, well, if there was going to be a actual fair trial in the Senate which they have already rigged it and have said that they're not going to be impartial which is crazy since they have to take an oath to be impartial so I don't know how that's going to work but he is still going to have the stamp of impeached on him absolutely regardless as to what happens in the Senate and I'm telling you that night that it happened it was like Christmas in my house yes. Amen to that. <laughs> and, it's, and he's accomplished something Obama never did since he's always trying to uh, uh, stand up to him that's something you know the one thing he's done on his own and earned you know, you know, <laughs> you know and, and absolutely and in addition to that I, I even try, I listen to National Public Radio, and of course they're going to, any, any good radio station, uh, any good broadcasting company is going to cover the impeachment trial, you know, mm -hmm. as nasty as it is, okay, you, you got to. So I was listening to it, you know, just intermittently, and, and the thing with that is this, every Republican that I heard said the same thing, and it was almost like they met, they did meet, I'm sure they did, but they all said the same thing, and, and it was this common theme, this is your... Uh, this is your, uh, you know, your quest, your drive to try to undo an election. No, 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 no. What has happened here is wrong. And what people have to understand is this, this person that's in the White House is blatant with his stuff. He has been sticking up his middle finger to America mm -hmm. since before he got even ran. Yeah. To say he's arrogant is, is oh my God, to put it mildly. 
He, because of this, I think he's going to be even more of a loose cannon. He's going to be even more dangerous to this country because he's out for uh, revenge. He's very vindictive. He's a small and petty, very petty very, very individual. Small, he's already small. showing that. And God forbid if he wins in 2020, he it's going to be a free-for-all because he is going to feel like he can do absolutely anything. He already feels that. Yes, I was going to say that. And God only knows what he's gotten away with because even out of his mouth, he was like, Oh, I can't believe I'm getting impeached for this. Well, that indicates right there that, that buddy, you know mm -hmm. that you've done stuff that's mm -hmm. far worse than this. Mm -hmm. And I'm just hoping that at some point in the course of the next few months to the next year that um, even more things come out. But, you know, I, I keep listening. I keep, you know, and, and, and subconsciously trying to listen to hear a Republican, just one Republican, say you know, even though, you know, I'm a Republican and, you know, and, and everything that comes with that, that was wrong. Yeah. But you will not hear that. They're on code. Total code. They, I have never seen th th them like this. I agree. It's Me like, either. Me either. And they call it a cult. It, this is beyond it is, a cult. Beyond this cult. is like a sickness that I've never seen before. You know, it, it is insane. And I've said this from day one. Um, the reason why the Republicans... Um, it's not bipartisan. It's just absolute evil and hate, hateful. The reason why they rock with him so hard um, and, and endorse him is because he is doing their bidding. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, at the end of everything, it is that. Yeah, they, they're just marching lockstep with him. No matter what he does, they make up excuses for him. I said our representative here and uh, Darren LaHood, nice person individually, Tuh. Tuh. smile in your face and we'll go right to that floor and vote against you. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Ugh, it's horrible. But what's um, even more frightening to me is everything that goes on that's not in the media, we get so distracted by, you know, his buffoonery and the circus <laughs> that surrounds him. But I heard that already in just the three years he's been in office, one in every four federal judge now has been appointed by Trump. Mm -hmm. And by the end of this year, it'll I think it'll be two in four. Mm -hmm. So um, imagine in four years, in, if he gets four more years, the courts are going to be flooded with these far right-wing judges. So we are going to be dealing, unfortunately, with Trumpism long after yeah. he's gone. Yeah. He is absolutely loading the courts. Most of these individuals, even by the standards of any law, whatever, have said that half of them aren't even fit to be judges. Right. So what does that tell you? Mm -hmm. They're they're all they're racist, they're crooks, mm -hmm. they're bought and paid for mm -hmm. by Trump and his cronies. So mm -hmm. we're going to have to deal with the disaster that he's wrought on this country probably for a decade after he's gone. Mm -hmm. So you know, and my thing is this, and, and and this right here is this this is a show all by itself. Mm -hmm. But I gotta say this: mm -hmm. the people, black people that rock with Trump blow my mind. Absolutely. I don't have any other way to say it. Absolutely. Are you serious? Yeah, I completely agree. And you always, somebody had, I said, I think somebody had a thing on Facebook yesterday because you notice that at his rallies, he always has one, a black person to his right in and a front. In the front. Yeah. They're just, just, and it's like, you know, what are you doing? And it's like, how yeah. much did he pay those people to stand there? They're being paid. They're being paid. Yeah, it's it's sickening. I just don't understand it. And but anyway, let's take this this rare win because this is the first time in the last three years I've been able to smile about anything politically. Since he's so yeah, yeah since he's been office. So <laughs> now it was not yes. a sad day. It was a happy day. My husband and I were sitting there watching because yeah. I really yeah. didn't want to watch it. My husband's like, no, this is a historical moment. We that have to see those final votes. So we sat there and, and we watched it and we just smiled and we we're like, finally a win after right. three years. Right. So, right. but anyway, let's move on because we have such a huge topic to cover. And I always encourage everyone whenever we cover a topic, 
we're just kind of scratching the surface. It is to get you motivated and get you thinking. Mm -hmm. And please go do your own research, Mm -hmm. no matter where you fall on the reparations debate after we get done with our discussion. Please go um, learn for yourself, because even for me going into this, I thought I knew more about reparations than I actually did. And um, I was amazed at what I've been able to learn. So regardless as to what side of the argument that you're on, just as I always say, be informed. We were talking before we started recording, and we were saying in this day and age of the ease of technology, if you've got a smartphone, there is no reason for you to be ignorant on any single topic. You have research at your fingertips. So we always encourage you, no matter what uh, we talk about here, no matter what positions we take, you know, study these things for yourself. So let's get right into it. And as we get into it, let's first kind of begin by defining what reparations actually means, which according to the dictionary, it's the making of amends for a wrong that's been done by paying money to or otherwise helping those who have been wronged. And also another part of that is the compensation for war damage paid by a defeated state. So what do you guys think of that definition and what do you define reparations as? Well, I would, I agree with that. Um, Most, we as, as black people are the only ones that haven't been apologized to or, um, you know, nobody has even... I, and I guess, yeah, I I get on that because I said, yeah, I want someone to say, you know, we're sorry for what we, you know, 400 years of oppression. You know, I want someone to take responsibility for that. But we're the only ones that they haven't because they um, they do stuff for the Jews. They've done they did things, uh, gave stuff to the Japanese when they put them in the um, camps and everything. We're the only ones who've really been left out here to fend for ourselves. So in my estimation, um, reparations would be, I mean, I guess it was a start with affirmative action, but we all know that helps white women before it does us. Let's just keep that 100. <laughs> so that doesn't count. So I'm going to walk that back and say, no, they haven't done anything for us. So it's, it's we're due. We are due. Um, you know, I tell you what, when I was doing my research for this topic, um, it's so broad, it's so deep, it's so wide. You know, you almost have to take it in segments. But I do agree with that. I like that definition. The thing of it is, is when I think of reparations, you know, in this country, unfortunately, it has a very pejorative uh, connotation to it. It's it's negative. Uh, It's the pink elephant in the room or the big black elephant in the room in the China, uh, you know, uh, little China shop. And people really don't want to talk about it. Even black people don't want to talk about it because it's like, you know, it's like rust on a car. You know, where, where do you start and where do you end? You know, let's fix this spot. You know, but in, in my definition, it, it, is, it is something, I'll say this, it is something that it, it is attached to tangibles. And there have been tangibles in this country as it relates to people being given reparations. Um, I was looking into this. Um, some, some of the entities that have been given reparations are the Japanese for the internment camps. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then um, the Holocaust victims, although by Germany, they were still compensated. And then I, w- I was also looking, um, you know, in, the, in when President Lincoln was the president, he wrote uh, this uh, passed what they call the Emancipation Act, and I forget what year that was, where in the District of Columbia, you were not allowed to have slaves, so they had to free them. And as a result, they freed their slaves and some over 900 slave owners were compensated approximately $300 a piece. They sure were. Mm-hmm. Do you know people don't know that? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. reparations. Yeah, reparations to slave owners. Isn't that incredible? Yes. How, how do yeah. you even, like, like to fix your mouth to say that, your ears are like, what, what? I mean, it doesn't even sound right. But it really did happen. And, and initially, after um, slavery ended, there was a Freedmen's Bureau mm-hmm. that had been developed. And it was this um, government organization that was uh, set that was supposed to try to get uh, the formerly enslaved mm-hmm. acumen- acclimated to life after mm-hmm. slavery mm-hmm. so that they could lead uh, independent lives. So some slaves were actually given the option of choosing or purchasing land. 
And uh, for about, there was about a 12 year period that within that 12 years, our ancestors did miraculous things. Mm -hmm. They developed towns. Um, they became self-sufficient. Yep. Yeah, Black Wall Street, and even so, beyond that, um, so there were so many cities and things that were developed and that were eventually destroyed. And then when I think it was President Hayes came mm -hmm. into office, he made uh, some dirty deals with the uh, racist, yeah. old, good old boy yeah. Southern Democrats right. that they undid everything that had come about as a result of the work with the Freedmen's Bureau. So lands were taken, uh, lynchings, you name it. And yep. so then that kind of ushered in yeah. the uh, Jim Crow period. So, but I didn't even realize how prosperous so many slaves had become in such a short period of time. And, yeah. and when you talk yeah. about resiliency, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that they could even do that. And when they were given land and purchased land, it wasn't primo land. No. It was the worst of the worst yeah. land, of land course. that was rocky, it's land that was full of By trees the water. yeah i mean it was you know they were not given great plots of land to begin right, with nothing right, was going right. to be easy for them right. and we are always good at taking nothing and making something out of it Man. so i felt a lot of sense of pride in doing this research and finding out that mm. you know these people that had been enslaved they had banks they were building their own schools, institutions, yeah. all these yeah. things. Yeah, Black Wall Street. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Black grocery stores. They they um, they were self-sufficient communities. Yeah, Self-sustained. <clears throat> well, yeah, we had our own stuff going on. Now, sometimes do you feel like integration kind of knocked all that down? Because we had our own, we had our own little thing going on, and then because we wanted to go over there where the white people were, we thought what they had over there was better than what we had, and then you know we tried to assimilate, and then mm -hmm. it's it's hard to get back what we had, and it's like everybody is like, okay, well you know now that I'm you know doing what Sally Sue has, I've made it, and they forget. That, well, I, I just feel like. I don't know. My mom always said that. She said, sometimes I feel like integration was a disintegration of us as a people. Well, let me say this, uh, just, just to kind of uh, piggyback on that a little bit. Um, I think that that mindset of black people saying, hey, well, you know, the grass must be greener over there. I think that's a more uh, mindset that came into play within the last maybe 100 years. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying when you speak of like uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street, I don't think they care. No. I don't think they, I was like, we, we don't need them for what? Yeah. We wearing suits and boots and we have nice churches and edifices, you know, and, 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 and we were just, you know, tossed to the wind. I think that the biggest hindrance and the biggest problems that we have faced as a people have always come from more than anyone else from poor whites. Mm -hmm. Because that's a lot of what happened in uh, the Red Summer of 1919, Tulsa mm -hmm. massacre in uh, 1921, where uh, massive communities were just wiped out by bombings and murders by that's the KKK. Correct. And uh, for the most part, it's been, you know, poor, mediocre whites that have been jealous of our progress. And, they and couldn't, are. and they, and that's the problem today. Because are. when you see the rise of Trump yeah. and how he's been able to come up, who was it? These people came from the backwoods. A lot of them that hadn't voted in decades. Yeah, that's his to base. vote. That's his base. It, it's poor, yeah. uneducated yeah. Yeah. Caucasians. Yeah, and um, yeah, and it's like they have some of them. I can't, you know, I'm sure they're not a monolith, just as we are not. <laughs> but um, and it's easy to to dismiss them as it. But um, right. They, it, it just seems like any time that we get any gains, even with the free, going back to the Freedmen's Bureau, part of what the Freedmen's Bureau was, it wasn't just about um, helping the formerly enslaved. They were also to help 
poor Southern whites who now, um, who had lost land, who'd lost slaved, whatever, slaves or whatever. <laughs> so they were also tied to the yeah. work of the Freedmen's Bureau. So it's like, when you look at that, when you look at the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. it's like anything that's been set aside to help us, right. it's always tied to right. another group helping them and bring them along as and, well. And 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 I'm, I appreciate you saying that because I did not know that. I did not know they were tied to that. So, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely uh, educated me on that. The thing I want to say is this, um, you know, it's kind of like when it comes to back then and even now, when it comes to a white person that feels like they are superior to a black person, or as they like to call it today, a person of color, then it's, they not only have to be doing, consider themselves doing better than you, but you also need to be two things beneath them and suffering if you ain't suffering while you're beneath them then you got it too easy the whole savior and i've seen thing. that i've seen that yeah white savior you yeah. know and and, and in speaking mm-hmm. of white savior you know mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like um i've seen too many movies and this is why this is why i really don't get down with slavery movies anymore first of all they're made by hollywood mm-hmm. you can cancel me right there okay so my thing is there's usually some white savior that comes along that's held in the the Jesus realm mm-hmm. that he saves the black person or he helps this person escape. Mm-hmm. We don't need that to tell our history. And I've never understood why. Why are white people, and, and I'm not racist, but I'm saying how can a white person tell the history of black people? You can read all day, but you cannot tell our story like we can. That's how I see it. I agree. Um, But yeah, it just seems like, yeah, Hollywood gets, I call it the formula. And then, (laughs) you know, they'll have the, um, you know, the subservient. And then they have, like you said, the white savior or some little do-gooder that, oh, let me help you. And like, you couldn't have done it on your own. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now we can't discount our allies, though. Because we have needed our allies to help us, even with the civil rights oh, movement. Yeah, if we if we hadn't had our allies, yeah, I concur. nothing yeah. would have gone yeah. through. And yeah. it's not always that they have the best of intentions either. Because mm-hmm. even when you look at President Lincoln, and I wish I had uh, brought that quote, but um, he had said something to the effect of, if he could have saved the union without freeing the slaves, he would have. I've, I've read that. So somewhere. he did not have the best it was of political. intentions. It was, it was political. It yeah, was political. it was. It was political. It was, it was political. He didn't care right. about us. If he could, have, he said it out of his own mouth. If he could have political. done it without freeing us, then it would have happened. Yeah, now, um, yeah. when it comes to reparations, I have to say that for the longest, it was a it was a concept to me that I kind of in my mind dismissed because I'm like, oh, that'll Same that'll here. never happen. And I just, I really didn't give it a lot of thought until um, it's been in the forefront so much, especially with this election cycle. Mm-hmm. I think each and every one of the, the candidates that are running on the Democratic side have all had to answer to um, where they stand on reparations. Yep. And they should have to. And I hadn't even been aware that there was actually like a bill currently in the House about mm-hmm. reparations. Now, yeah. to me, it's like it's a fluff bill because it's mm-hmm. it's H.R. 40, um, <laughs> which it's actually now stagnant, of course, in the House, because anything that the House comes up with right now is stagnant. But um, it was introduced by Representative Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas mm-hmm. in just in January of this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me get my paper here because I did print up what the bill is. And it's a bill that establishes the commission to study and develop reparation proposals for African-Americans. The commission shall examine slavery and discrimination in the colonies and the United States from 1619 to the present and recommend appropriate remedies. Among other requirements, the commission shall identify, number one, the role of federal and state governments in supporting the institution of slavery, two, forms of discrimination in the public and private sectors against freed slaves and their descendants, and three, lingering and negative effects of slavery on living African Americans and society. 
And the reason why I say that study is fluff because there have been studies. Reparations has been in something that's been discussed since even before slavery ended because it was going to be apparent that at some point slavery would end. Yeah, uh, it, repeat it, that, it, Karen. It oh, okay. Well, isn't that where our 40 acres and a mule that's came correct. from? That is correct. And now we have evolved past the, uh, the 40 acres and a mule and we're talking about monetary. Uh, you know, it's like, well, how much... How much are we worth? And then it gets to we're so, you know, because I represent the mixed. And so it's like at what point does like is it the one drop? Um, you know, I, you know, are you just mixed with just black and white? Or is it, you know, where would you, where would you draw the line? Because I know I have cousins that they're triplicate. They're black, Mexican and white. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, people have been working on this like for decades and we'll go into some uh into some details about what some folks have had to say about who uh would be eligible for these reparations benefits but um do you guys know what president obama had to say about reparations i don't remember Mm-mm. well let me pull something up for you because <laughs> <laughs> i know some people think i just go in on obama i don't <laughs> I don't. I promise I don't. But I mean, you know, we're at the point now where we can tell the truth and shame the devil. And he had a very interesting interview. And you guys can pull this up yourself and read it. It's still available online, which is how I was able to pull it up. But he did an interview in The Atlantic with uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates in December of 2016. And he had some um, very interesting things to say. And I will read Um, part of this because there's some parts of this um, that I was just like flabbergasted and very disappointed in and these are the words from Obama I begin my quote because Ta-Nehisi Coates let me set it up he had he had asked him specifically what he felt about reparations how they should be paid out whatever so these are Obama's words now does that mean that all vestiges of past discrimination would be eliminated that the income gap or the wealth gap or the education gap would be erased in five years or 10 years? Probably not. And so this is obviously a discussion we've had before when you talk about something like reparations. Theoretically, you can make, obviously, a powerful argument that centuries of slavery, Jim Crow, discrimination, are the primary cause for all those gaps. That those were wrongs done in the black community as a whole and black families specifically, and that in order to close that gap, a society has a moral obligation to make a large, aggressive investment, even if it's not in the form of individual reparations checks, but in the form of a Marshall Plan. In order to close those gaps, it's easy to make that theoretical argument, but as a practical matter, it is hard to think of any society in human history in which a majority population has said that as a consequence of historic wrongs, we are now going to take a big chunk of the nation's resources over a long period of time to make that right. You can look at examples like post-war Germany, where reparations were paid to Holocaust victims and families, but, and then Ta-Nehisi Coates steps in and says, they lost the war. And so Obama goes on to say, they lost the war, small population, finite amount of money that it was going to cost, not multiple generations, but people in some cases who are still alive, who can point to, quote, that was my house. Those are my paintings. Those are my mother's family jewels. If you look at countries like South Africa, where you had a black majority, there have been efforts to tax and help that black majority, but it hasn't come in the form of formal reparations programs. You have countries like India that have tried to help untouchables with essentially affirmative action programs, but it hasn't fundamentally changed the structure of their societies. So the bottom line is that it's hard to find a model in which you can practically administer and sustain political support for those kinds of efforts. And what makes America complicated as well is the degree to which this is not just a black-white society, and it is becoming less so every year. So how do Latinos feel if there's a big investment investment just in the African-American community. And they're looking around and saying, we're poor as well. What kind of help are we getting? Or Asian Americans who say, look, I'm I'm a first generation immigrant and clearly I didn't have anything to do with what was taking place. 
And now you start getting into trying to calibrate. And that was a line that stuck in my cry mm. more than anything. Mm. Because I'm like, excuse me, when were Latinos enslaved for 250 years? Exactly. When were Asians enslaved for 250 years? I'm talking about on these shores. I'm not talking about what may or no, may not have gone on in their exactly, country. Exactly. I'm talking about what has gone on here in right, America. Right, and I'm like, how right. dare you make a comparison to us and any other ethnic group with what we have gone through. You know, and this this is the other thing I want to say. No, I, I totally get what you're saying about that that la- that last word calibration. But here's the thing: when you talk about reparations, and I even had to kind of tell myself this, you need to be, for example, in the finance finance world, you have what they call a, a you know a power of attorney, but it it needs to be there's specific types of POAs, mm-hmm. medical estate whatever mm-hmm. so you can't just it's not a one blanket covers everything so mm-hmm. that said there's all kind of repar- reparations for example you know you had the, fir- the forced sterilization of Af- african americans in this country that was you know allowed you know um you also have the tuskegee experiment you have rosewood that wasn't slavery those were derivatives of slavery, mm-hmm. but that was not actual slavery. So when you want to talk, if the Mexicans and the Asians feel like, well, where's our money? I don't know where your money is, yeah. but I know my, my people were in, enslaved yeah. for 400 years. We were it's enslaved really and then murdered. And, yeah. and so where, where do you have, yeah, where's, so, where's that, yeah. where do you stand in that so, group? So we need to be very specific. Right. And you don't need to rock with us now because you wasn't rocking with us yesterday. Right, exactly. Go ahead. And there are still, there are families, like when you look at lynchings, mm-hmm. there are still uh, families that are alive from, from family members that had been lynched. And there have been attempts to pass bills to even help the families of lynching victims. They mm-hmm. couldn't even get that passed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's incredible. But yeah. Um, yeah. let's kind of go through one by one at least some of the um arguments for and and against reparations. Um, We discussed what uh, President Obama had to say back in 2016. Um, But one main argument that's always said, and I get kind of sick of hearing it, that's about reparation, that it's unfair to make people living today (laughs) responsible for the sins of their ancestors. You know, they'll always say, I never owned slaves but yet they benefit from the exploitation of African-Americans to this day. Yeah. And it's like when you do, yeah. like I said, people do the research. When you do the research and you draw the lines from slavery today, there is no mistaking that we are still living with the effects of it. Because when you dehumanize a people, mm-hmm. then you can make all kinds of excuses to make yourself feel good for, for the right. things that you do to them. That, that what you just said really uh, uh, brought something back uh, to, to mind. You know, for me. So I was, you know, when you when you talk about reparations, it's so large and it's so vast. Uh, I I kind of my approach to this research was just kind of jumping on one segment of it. And the person that stood out to me because I had been hearing this was Michael Eric Dyson. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if anybody checked that out. He has a different approach to the to the to the reparations game. You know, um, his thing is let's create IRAs individual reparation accounts created by white people. What happens is in those accounts, white people pay into those accounts and it can, they can um, specify what it's for. This is for computer uh, technology or computer uh, access. This is for college fund grants and they can specify it. He said, and, and then you, that will be the gateway to black people to receive reparations and it's done at will they're not made to do it but that's his approach and a lot of people have you know said man you got to be crazy man what do you think this is man you know and but that that's his approach to it i don't know if he's just and he has a book out now and i meant to write the book down but it's talking about this i don't know if the guy's just you know if that's political or he's trying to sell his book or you know uh, uh you know bolster his platform but he was on a show and I, I think this was a couple, two or three years ago. There's, there's a guy out there called Tucker Carlson. I don't know if Tucker Carlson is still has a show. Fox. Yes. Fox. But Tucker was kind of sparred with him. He was mm. cool. He was calm. But he was ducking and he was swinging back. And I'm like, mm. okay, I respect that. 
mm-hmm. how he did it. But here's what 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 uh, Tucker said. He said, "I believe in charity, but I don't believe in collective guilt." He said, "So you're telling me?" And this is what he said to uh, Michael Eric Dyson. He said, "So we're you know we're we're, we're both." For-. He said, "I admit I'm fortunate." He said, "However, you're a millionaire." He said, "We don't live too far from each other." And you went to an Ivy League school. I didn't. Now, I, I didn't like when he said that. You don't have to go to an Ivy League school. You can come out of high school and go to work for Fox. You know, mm-hmm. that's the thing I want to say to Tucker mm-hmm. Carlson. You know, maybe that's a little extreme, but, but, it, but in so many ways, it's very true. So that's the thing. That's Michael Eric Dyson's approach to it. I, I like Michael Eric Dyson. I think he's an incredible, you know, uh, academic. Uh, I don't agree with everything that he says, but uh, he's not afraid, and I got married love for that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm down with that. But in, in, in going against that, though, okay, so you have the IRA, and then it's still the white people telling us what to do with our money. Pretty much. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's I'm like not a store down credit. with that. Yeah. It's like I, I don't I don't do store credits. I don't do credits. Uh, recently, I had a, just real quick here. Recently, I had kind of a, a situation with a company that wanted they wanted to refund me, but they want me to have a store credit. Here's my problem with store credits. I said, no, I'm going to have you refund me the way I paid you. Mm-hmm. I said, you don't get to tell me where to spend my money, mm-hmm. and you're not doing me a favor. No. So they refunded my money. But yeah. if you don't challenge that, they just do yeah, what they want to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so to always <laughs> trying to be the devil's advocate, yeah, I don't, I'm not down with that because that's them telling us what we're supposed to do or how we're supposed to act. And then it's like, okay, you already are holding us down from the get-go, so... <laughs> If if, uh, if you wanted to give us our reparations, well, then how about you hire us and let us, uh, you know, give us the jobs that we're entitled to, whereas, uh, you know, people who aren't as educated as us are sitting there in the jobs that we're supposed to have. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. And I think that the idea that um, Michael Eric Dyson would even think that pe- that enough people would willingly that's of their point. own accord right. pay into this. Right. No, this is something that would have to be legislated. It would have yeah. to be made yeah. legal yeah. because yeah. otherwise yeah. it's not going to yeah. happen. You know, Right. And, right. and the thing I want to say about that is if it's not legislated and made a law, like, for example, anybody making over this amount of money, you have to have one of these accounts. If you don't, you know, you're in trouble. Well, what happens up to that point, it it, it, it gives rise to what I often call white guilt. So if, if I'm $500 billion strong white man and I just be like, that was a horrible thing that happened to the black people. You know what I think I'll do? I'll create an IRA and I want to give back. AK to the is A, I want to be guilt. I want to get this guilt off. That's that's what it, it helps <laughs> them more than it helps us. Mm-hmm. No, you can't say nothing to me. You know, it's kinda of like buying a ghetto card. Yeah. No, you can't say nothing to me. Nope, nope. I got an IRA. Matter of fact, I got two of them. Got working on third one. They took my black <laughs> card the other night. They took my black card the other night. I hate all of them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> see, see, that's that's what you get when it when when, when it's just at will. Yeah, they, they get to feel. That's just like, and I'm giving this example. You go to a four you go to a four way stop. There's a, a white person that's been sitting there for two days. You drive them. They're like, nope, nope. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, really, sir. You've been here like two days. Ah, nope, 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 nope. You go ahead. That's for them, not you. Right. Um, I think, and you guys can, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this, but when we move on to another obstacle to getting reparations done, I think the biggest obstacle is within. Mm. Black people, we seem to not be able to get it together, to get on one accord, to save our life. For example... There's several different factions that are fighting for reparations and at the same time fighting against each other. You have the the hashtag ADOS movement, mm. which stands for American Descendants of Slaves. Right. They're in a big battle against FBA, which stands for the Foundational Black Americans. In COBRA, which is a group that's been working for decades and decades, um, for reparations you have people that are because when you look at the argument of like who would be eligible like how black do you have to be or whatever you have people that are that are more pan-africanist meaning that they would that they wouldn't think it's fair that say for example someone that immigrated here from haiti or from africa like within the last 20 30 years they would think well then they should be eligible too mm-hmm. because from where they came from they were all, there was also enslavement mm-hmm. then you have people that are anti-pan-africanists and the 
African-American purists who are like, you know, no, this is strictly for people who are of American descent that were black. So you have all this infighting within black people about who should get reparations and who should get the credit for working on reparations. Mm-hmm. And I think that the infighting within the black community about this can definitely derail the whole darn thing. What do you guys think about that? I mean, even, even and, and, and I, I, I do agree. I think it can derail. Mm-hmm. But even before that, you know, and as comical as this is, Black people can't even agree on what we sh- we want to be called. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I'm black. No, I'm African American. Yeah. No, you I'm know, a person of color. Yeah. No, know, I'm black. And, and then I'm black as this uh, I'm a microphone. I'm PLC. <laughs> you know, and and that's the thing, man. You know, that's the thing. Uh, that's what I mean when I say people are worried about the wrong stuff. Amen. Y'all worried about the wrong stuff. Mm-hmm. Stop sizing each other up. Mm-mm. You know, looking people up and down and, you know, and trying to see it, the, the click sales must go. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, you know, and it's always yeah. been like that with black people. Mm-hmm. Black Back in the day, they used to have what they call uh, the paper bag test. Mm-hmm. If a person was darker than the bag, they was too dark. And I have two friends. They are 60-ish. These are ladies. They're early 60s. Mm-hmm. And their grandmothers were very, very fair complected. Mm-hmm. Like, like. You could barely tell they were black. Mm-hmm. And she said, this lady happens to be lighter skin. She said, I have, like, I think she has six siblings. She said, and the thing I remember as a little girl, my siblings would always not want to go to grandmother's house. I was the only one that wanted to go. But my mother and father said, no, we have to go. And the grandmother would pull her out of all the grandkids, then, pull her, give her a hug, and talk to her. And she would ostracize the other kids because they were darker. darker. That is sad. It is. You mean to tell me you are from the loins of resilience. Mm-hmm. You are from a great people. You are from, you know, kings and queens. And that is inside of you? Where yeah. does that come from? I don't know. There's two I've had two people share that story. Yeah. They're slightly different, but it's true. Yeah, it's very true. That the whole thing like when they used to go to Martha's Vineyard and and uh um and that, or what's the other play? Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, and Martha's Vineyard. Right. And they used to go there, and yeah, you had to pass the paper bag test, and all that. And and even in my family, um, we had that. It was like they wanted to preserve the lightness. So when my mom got with my dad, who's like super dark, and and ironically he's the one. Well, both of them are mixed, but my dad is as dark as you are, but his mother was half white. So um, yeah, so you know, but the, so so she was like, for, it was it was just kind of looked frowned upon when he came into the family and everything, and so and then my siblings like there's we're we're I said yeah we're exactly four. There's four of us. Three of us are light, and we have one one dark one. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, and then we have another set that on my dad's side, there's it's supposed to be, well, yeah, so I have two grandparents that are white, and then they're supposed to be Native American, and one set in Minnesota, they actually passed as white. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, um, and then on my mom's side, we're Cherokee. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of weird how the whole, because that's why I said, and this one guy that I work with, he was really into the genealogy, because I said, it's very well, I mean, we are very transparent that the white is rolling mm-hmm. around in there, okay? Mm-hmm. But he said, for you, he said, the Native American is true just by the shape of your eyes, the way your hands are, are in the, he's like, you're, you've got the, um, you know, special shaped teeth and all this other stuff. So he's like, for you, it really is. But he's like, a lot of people say, oh, I'm Native American, it was just the white. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's, what do you think of that phenomenon that almost every black person that you know claims to be of Indian descent? Is it that we get caught up in this Mm -hmm. feeling that we have to be something other than black? Because that's what I think it is. And it's always been, (laughs) it's it's funny you should bring that up, because I've cracked a million jokes about it. I grew up with people like, you know, there was a joke where we say, Oh, well, you know, I got Indian in me. You know, something like that. <laughs> it's like, it's like what? what do you come mean? Come on. Dude, the Indians dude. weren't getting down that much you know, with it, us. It was, it, was, it was like this. It's like, dude, you didn't know? You better ask somebody. I got Indian in me. Yeah. 
<laughs> Come on, man. Got, hey, we've got somebody who has a coin and was on the reservation, okay? Right. But the, well, unless you can prove yeah, that, yeah. have a seat, have yeah. several seats. But here's something else I want to I want to bring out about the natives, okay? Um, okay, I forget I forget this this doctor's name, um, Claude Anderson, Doctor Claude Anderson. He said, "Here's what you have to understand about the slaves that were in Florida, the Floridian slaves." A lot of them didn't try to escape as much as in other states. Because, Why is that? Because there was an, a uh, contract, an agreement that white slave owners made with the Native Americans there. Mm-hmm. And he said, you have no idea. He broke it down in how much they were paid. If you bring them back alive, it was 25. If you bring them back, if you yeah. bring them back, mm-hmm. wait, let's say, uh, maybe, okay, for example, and this is not the exact, if you bring them back alive, it's $30. If you bring them back dead, it's twenty, and if you bring them just their scalp back, it's fifteen dollars. Wow. And they said, he said, what you have to understand, it's not that they were mentally wanting to be slaves. He said they were scared the you know what of the natives because he said those Native Americans, they knew that area like with their eyes closed, and mm-hmm. they said they were nothing to mess with. They would hunt you down if you escaped. brutally brutally Brutal. hunt you down and there was nothing you can say well you, you, you know it's like we're gonna get something we're gonna get something from you so he said you don't you don't realize so i'm saying all that to tie it back to native americans there were native americans that owned slaves yep many native americans that owned slaves and i forget i used to know the tribe uh but the different tribes but you're right black people feel like not i ain't gonna say uh collectively or as a whole but they feel like they gotta have something extra in them i you know i know i ain't 100 percent black you can tell by my uh my complexion i can tell that but the point i'm making is i'm okay with being black i actually work with a guy who's the same complexion as me he has really nice hair i mean like he has what we call a good gray he got good hair you i was know? gonna say i'm gonna go define, watch that, go and watch that. that movie because that's a whole other chris topic rock, chris rock <laughs> I got good hair, man. You know I got Indian in me. But do you know? Do you know? It's been. It's been. I've had two or three people come to me, just casually, and tell me, you know, he doesn't go for black. He says he's not black. I said, you know what's funny? Because me and him talk often enough to for him to have told me that. I said, and he must know, because I wish he would tell me he ain't black. I ain't gonna snap on him, but he's gonna get a bath. I'm gonna educate him, as they say. <laughs> Right, you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. So Native Americans, that's another whole. That's another whole thing. Yeah, but, that but could be a whole discussion Man. in and of itself. And speaking of people that have been paid reparations, Native Americans were. Trail I mean, they were they were the mostly yeah. you know decimated by yeah. genocide, and they right. were definitely worthy of right. it. But they benefit today. And I don't know how much of this is true, but I have a nephew that has or or had i don't think they're still together a native american girlfriend Mm -hmm. and he claimed that she got some sort of monthly check stipend of some sort Mm -hmm. from the government by being native american i wonder if that's because she has ties to a reservation possibly they get they get my my, one of my older brothers used to live in i want to say iowa yeah, Which is, there are so many, you know, mm-hmm. Des Moines, Iowa. You know, mm-hmm. those, those are Native American. Peorian, Peoria used to have, the, from the Peorian Indians, mm-hmm. a lot of Native Americans. But the point I'm making is that, you know, they have been set up with casinos mm-hmm. on these reservations, and that's how they make their money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, and you can go back and you can Google it. You can really, YouTube is a great source. You can see where they took little Native American uh, girls and boys and cut their hair and you know they they had hair down almost to their feet you know we're going to americanize you you're you know how are you going to come to somebody else country and tell them they ain't right tell them they're less than human mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so so come on man i ooh, you don't want to get me on that but anyway i digress <laughs> <laughs> as we go on i think that um Another thing that's kind of bad for reparations is even though it's kind of like somewhat in the forefront of people's minds and it's been openly discussed and like I said, there's this bill out there, I think the timing is horrible because look at who's in the White House. Mm -hmm. 
We've got racism and fascism that are spreading like wildfire, mm-hmm. not just in the U.S., but, it, it, you know, it's a movement scarily that's across the world. So I think there's no way in heck that this is a good time for even the discussion because you've got a president that's an open bigot right. who has no taste for doing anything, anything. to benefit uh, anything. people of color who he openly disparages. So... Do you think that the timing, in a sense, is also against us? Here's what I'll say on that. Um, uh, I, I, I see your point, but it's kind of like anything that is a, um, you know, is, is a problem and it's a, a, a social ill. When is when is the right time? Yeah, when, when if is the not right time? now, reparations. When? when is the right yeah. time? you know what I mean. Right. I I agree on that tip, but then yeah, it's not going to go anyplace no, because isn't the, isn't the doesn't the president have to sign it into law to, for the bill? Yeah. And we know that's not yeah. going to happen. Now, but yeah. if not now, yeah. when? Now, now I will say this uh, as it relates to the timing. Now, there's a very, you know, the probability is much higher that it won't pass right now. But, you know, as far as timing, you know, when it, when is the right time? You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I don't know. I also think that um, there's a serious lack of clear leadership also on the issue. And one thing that I found that really blew me away, and I came across this video on YouTube from Al Jazeera TV. Mm-hmm. It was like a, an Arabic-type news source. And they had a whole show on reparations and lo and behold, it wasn't reparations in the U.S. Mm. Did you know that there are over 15 countries in the Caribbean who have united? Mm. They have a clear 10-point plan, and they are suing European countries like Britain, the Netherlands, and France. And I've got to flip through my notes here to um, come up with colonized. Uh, yeah, because they had yeah. formerly colonized yeah, them and formal. had, yeah. you know, enslaved yeah. them. Yeah. But they actually have plans. They have attorneys. I mean, this is like an they're in, serious. It sounds like they're, they're serious. serious. And this is like in process. This wow. is like it's going on now. Wow. And so as a part of their detailed 10 part plan of what reparations looks like for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking at um, education, like how would that look? Like, mm-hmm. you know, building more schools, mm-hmm. whatever, scholarships, mm-hmm. um, medical care, because a lot of these countries, uh, these poor Caribbean nations um, have a serious lack of health care. Um, they're looking at uh, getting a formal apology from these nations. Uh, debt cancellations for these countries who are indebted to these colonizers, mm-hmm. programs to boost technology, mm-hmm. and yes, even financial payments. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a lot to learn from them because they actually have this detailed 10-point plan, and they are moving forward and leaving us in the dust. And I was shocked yeah, to yeah. hear that. Yeah, and I, I, man, that's some that's some incredible information that you, just, that you just yeah. imparted. I, I'll, I'll yeah. be digesting that even after the show. Uh-huh. But here's the thing I want to say. In America, and I'm not saying other countries don't have this, in America, there are certain machines that are in place that have fought this for years. Mm-hmm. And these are the people that are not on the forefront. They're gaz- what I call gazillionaires, like mm-hmm. they had more zeros. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they, you know, like I'm worth billions and billions and billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So they control stuff, and they keep stuff out. They, they put people in seats. Um, you know, I've always had a problem with... Um, you know what do you what do you call the people that um, the people that kind of uh, uh, barter or, or negotiate deals with um, with Congress on behalf of companies? I forget what you call them. The lobbyists. The lobbyists. I've always yeah. had a problem with the lobbyists. Yeah. They're nothing but they are part of that. They are part of that. They're mm-hmm. the go between. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the the people that launder the money. Mm-hmm. They go in. I'm a lobbyist for you know uh, tobacco. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I need you guys to pass some bills because there's a there's a lot of money to be made here. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. In, within this country, that there are t- so many machines in place to combat that. And the other thing I was thinking about, uh, when you think about reparations, here's something that I find very interesting. I just love stuff all over the world. But, you know, uh, kind of to parallel with what's going on or what has happened um, in America, 
you have the Aborigines in Australia. Same thing. They did the same thing to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they're still kind of considered exotic. Mm-hmm. You know, they put them in places where people can spotlight and look at them. And I saw a couple, uh, it was a married couple of Aborigines on, on, on a YouTube video, and they were just, they're just regular people. Yes, they, they have a distinctive look, and I think that's the beauty of them. Mm-hmm. But my point is, you know, it's all it's all over the world, you know, and it took my brother, my fourth oldest brother, he's kind of like a, I don't know what you want to call it, kind of like a self-taught guru of, of, you know, of everything, and he was saying what you have, you know, he's, he's ex-military, he said what you have to understand is, uh, for example, he said like the Dominican Republic, I like saying Dominican, but anyway, the Dominican Republic and then Puerto Rico, you know, that was a part of the slave trade, mm-hmm. so ships would stop, people would get off, and they would have you know, get together, and that's why so many Puerto Ricans are so dark mm-hmm. with that kind of hair. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's 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 is that what they? I think they call that the Atlantic slave trade or Atlantic mm-hmm. something like that. But mm-hmm. it, it was all over. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it's it's way bigger than America. Yeah. So as we begin to to conclude, and like I said, this is just scratching the surface. Reparations, as you have said, Michael, the, it just goes so deep. deep. There's, we're deep. just touching the surface on these Barely. subjects. But <laughs> as we start to wrap up on um, this particular discussion, what do you guys think that reparations should look like? Because, of course, that's a big part of the discussion mm-hmm. that people can't agree on because uh, you have some people that are like, there's no way p- that they should be given checks. Mm-hmm. And there's other people that's like, of course, you should be giving us mm-hmm. checks because, you know, our ancestors labor has to be paid for and mm-hmm. such and such. There's other people that have like views kind of like Michael right, Eric right, Dyson. There's right, people that think, right. well, then this should come in the form of like um d- personal debt cancellations right, or right. like if you owe right. taxes if you owe student loan debts uh looking at different things like that so right. what do you personally think that reparations payments should look like well the, the thing that comes to mind as you were talking about that uh as a part of my research i had mentioned earlier in the show that uh the japanese received uh reparations for the internment camps and when it i forgot what year that was but when they broke it down they i mean they 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 put a number on. They said they each each I want to say family. I don't know that it was each person received twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand dollars. Now I'm I, I think they deserved reparations, but they ain't been through nothing like what we went through. Mm-hmm. How much? I mean, if they get in twenty, what should we get? You know what I mean? But a hundred thousand. You know, easy. for me, for me, that's <laughs> that's conservatively per person. Yeah. And like the ladies, like, and I'm pregnant, you know, what you going to get him or what you going to get her? Yeah. So, but the thing of it is, for me personally, the way I think it should look is I'm just looking personally for somebody to start getting serious about it. Like you mentioned about um, those countries coming together. That's to me is the first look. My look is in stages. That's the first look. Well, first we got to get somebody that we can get behind. Because if you look uh, historically to the civil rights we had Martin Luther King. You had Malcolm X. Who today do we have that we can that can be the the shepherd for us or that we can follow? I don't know of anybody today that I'm really down with like that. Uh, there, yeah, so nobody, we got to start there first. Nobody that comes to mind that, and that can corral everybody, and then, like you said, coming together on one accord. <laughs> I said we can't even decide what we're going to boycott. You right. know what I'm saying? So, because that's what I said. Are we still boycotting Gucci? I just want to know. When I hear that word, I ain't gonna lie. Boycott is like a funny word. We're like now, horrible man. boycotters. We boy we boycott for like it's just like. Um, I had this little joke going with this with this coworker of mine, and she says, "Well, you know," I said, "Yeah, you, you, I, I didn't see you on Facebook." She said, "I said how?" She said, she, "I said uh, I ain't see you on Facebook for about twenty four hours." I was just messing with her. She said, "I don't be on Facebook like that no more." And then she, I said, "People get off Facebook for twenty four hours and swear they don't be on Facebook like right. that." Right. That they are just down with the I gave that's up my Facebook is. account. That's all it is. And they just can't do it. I think that's funny. Yeah. So yeah. for me, um, I think it can come in a number of forms. I think that we are definitely uh, deserving 
of cash payments. No question. But it has to be something real. It has to be something tangible. It yeah. can't be, you know, it cannot be BS. It has no, to be something no. that you can actually say and pinpoint that this has affected people in a positive way. Right. I think there's any number of ways that it can be done. So I think it's actually going to happen in my lifetime. I hate to be a pessimist because, you know, I try my best to be an optimist on everything. The The whole point of this podcast is, you know, happiness and wellness. But I think you have to be realistic. And I just I don't know. There are just so many obstacles. And like I said, it's the timing. It's the infighting. I hope Mm -hmm. it happens. I think that there's at least a chance because when the discussion is happening, at least there's there's a chance. Yeah. It needs to move past discussion, but um, mm. I don't know. I mean, and the other thing I want to say, to me, um, there's there's so many spins you could put on this. The other, another spin or the flip to that is, let's say this actually comes to fruition, say in our lifetime, and then people are actually giving checks. You will always have those people that feel like, well, if y'all pay us off, we ain't got nothing to say. We, we can't we can't talk about what y'all did to us. So you'll always have that group of people who really don't want to be compensated. They just want to go to their graves fighting. Wolfing. Yeah. Well, you have people that are you'll going always to always have to have in that. In anything. Yeah. And I will still always say that I fall also in the more of the do-for-self camp. I think it's never a good idea to put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak, or to count on anyone else, regardless as to who that is, to take care of you. And I say, you know, in the meantime, as we're having these discussions about reparations, um, you know, you can't sit on your hands and wait for something to happen that, that very well could not happen. And we are our best hope for our own reparations, yeah, yeah. meaning supporting black businesses, mm-hmm. starting your own mm-hmm. black businesses, just being smart mm-hmm. about how you bank. I was watching mm-hmm. um, YouTube videos for the Karen Hunter show. She has a show that's on um, Sirius um radio that i have in my car and i listened to the show and she had the sister on there who is the president and the owner of the largest uh black owned bank and she was talking about um the disparities in banking and she was talking about how black people we have this distrust of ourselves and she was saying that her bank value um is about $750 million, which sounds like a lot. It is nothing. Mm -hmm. She said that um, the smallest Latino, American Latino-owned bank is worth like $20 billion. Wow. She said the smallest Asian-owned bank Mm -hmm. in America is worth like $60 billion. And, you know, the Caucasian-owned banks, of course, are off the charts. So you compare that to the largest black-owned bank is worth just $750 million, not even a billion. And it's because those groups support Mm -hmm. their banks. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we don't. And she's like, it's like pulling teeth to get people, to black people, to put their money in black banks. They just, like you said, there's this distrust. It might be distrust or it might be access because where's a black bank here where we live? Well, I tell you what, <laughs> there, there's a, a I, I can't even think of the name of the black bank, but this black bank was in, I want to say New York, and I was actually going to open an account with them, put the minimum in there, and just, see, my thing is this, I would tell anyone, you don't have to support a black business just because they're black, but give them a shot. Give them a shot. Yeah, now, absolutely. Don't play with them. Just two things you don't play with: people's money and their food. <laughs> absolutely. You don't mess with yeah. them two things. Yeah. You know, so so I open this count in New York, and I, I did not. But if I did, I open this count in New York, and they're not doing what I need to have done. I led with I don't live in I live in Illinois, so I need to. You need to explore all this stuff up front. I'm going yeah. to talk to explore everything like I would if it was a Caucasian owned bank. But at the same time, give, give them a shot. I have no problem with that. And and and, and if, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Yeah, because too often we are too hard on our own Way because we will hand over money to other businesses and not even ask a thing, mm-hmm. but yet we have this super high mm-hmm. standard super of, high. of excellence oh and whatever God. when it comes to black-owned oh businesses. So, yeah, and it has to be cheap. Oh we want to undercut, get something for nothing <laughs> from black-owned businesses. I, I, I have to share this really quick story. Oh, my God. I, this, I can't make this up. This really happened. So this summer I have on my um, – uh, my, my company is Indigenous Protocol. 
Okay, it's about three years old now. And I have what they call jersey dresses, one of my latest releases. They're really nice, and they, they, wear, they, they wear, excuse me, very well. Anyway, long story short, I sold a lady two of them. And she, because we were going to be at the same place, I said, well, don't worry about me shipping it to you. You can avoid, you know, you don't have to pay that. I'll just bring it with me and ring you up. Done, done, done deal. Do you know she took the dress out of the bag, she held it up in front of me. She looked it over really good. And she flipped it under, and she said, "And and 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 this is going to last a long time, right?" You know what I told her? I said, "This is going to last long as any other product would last." Why are you asking me? Why are you? Why are you taking me through this interrogation? This is what I'm thinking. At that point, I didn't care if she bought it or not. Why are you asking me? When you go into H and M and Macy's, do you ask the clerk? And this, this and this is going to last a long time, right? I was offended to say the least absolutely i agree <laughs> absolutely and i'm glad you mentioned your business oh, yeah, again it's that. indigenous protocol and this uh particular podcast is being uploaded uh several days still before <laughs> christmas you have yes. some days to get your shopping done yes. and i just encourage those that are listening to buy black indigenous protocol is a great company to start with thank you you can go online to indigenousprotocol.com indigenousprotocol.com i try to keep it simple yep. right and you can shop you've got yep. your your uh lineup your product line is mm -hmm. growing mm -hmm. if you don't want to buy clothing you've got mugs Coffee you've got mugs, pillows yeah, yes. pill all kinds of products so very nice and it makes a great gift and i yes. purchased something for my <laughs> hubby and i know he is absolutely going to love it oh, yes. so i cannot wait oh, yes. for him to open that up and i don't know if he well he better listen so i'm not going to say what i purchased so yeah he better be supporting <laughs> yeah i but like that i like that support black yes. business yes and also Support small local business. Period. Keep it. Keep it. Whether keep it's it black or otherwise, yeah, keep it in the support your local communities because right. there's so many hardworking folks out there that have mm -hmm. businesses that mm -hmm. struggle. And for any retail or business, this is a time of year where they make their money. This is the only opportunity that they have, by and large, to go from being in the red right. to being in the black. black this is a very right important time of year for yes. small businesses period so remember to buy local buy small and definitely buy black yeah. so thanks for listening to this discussion on reparations and you know it, reparations just boils down to simply an attempt to eliminate the economic disparity that has plagued this nation since the first slave ships landed on these shores and it's this disparity while aimed at one particular group it actually holds back the entire nation yes, so that's does. something to think about it doesn't yes, it just does. affect us so please join in this conversation by sending us a comment go to get you can leave a comment there also on our facebook page i'm always encouraging folks if you want to join us at the table we encourage you to be a guest if there's any topics that you want us to cover we will definitely do that for you as well thanks and happy holidays to my wonderful co-host karen holidays. wilson michael hurt again visit indigenousprotocol.com you've still got some time to get some yes. some good old quality shopping in and until uh, <laughs> next time <laughs> it'll be a new year when we meet again yes so until then take time to do something that's going to make yourself happy it's not selfish it's self-care and let's get it in in 2020 bye yeah. everyone bye-bye <laughs>